Uh, I want to especially welcome you if this is your first time here. My name is Brian Sorgan Fry. I'm the campus minister. Um, and yeah, we just hope, especially if you're checking us out, that, you'll, that you find that RUF is a place that, I don't whether you're tired and struggling, whether you're trying to figure out what you believe and you have all kinds of doubts, or, or whether you're firm in your belief, that you find that RUF really is a, a place that wants you here, and it's a safe place to just kind of explore your questions and examine the truth claims of the Bible. Uh, this semester, what we're going to do is we're going to study the Ten Commandments together. And I really don't know what thoughts that brings to mind when you hear the word Ten Commandments. But I want you to think about a scenario that I kind of experienced uh, back in October. I'm going to take you back to Disney World again. When I, um, when I took my four-year-old Annie to Disney World, something very interesting happened. And the first reason was probably I made the mistake of thinking that I was going to enhance Annie's enjoyment of Disney World. She'd never really ridden a ride, and she was scared of them. I decided to go ahead and force her onto a semi-scary roller coaster against her will, sure that that would make her break through and enjoy it. And so as I forced her on that, and she screamed the whole time and she got off, shockingly, it actually didn't enhance her trust of me. She actually distrusted me and thought I was a terrible dad, and I was. And so then became, right, the whole experiment of trying to figure out how to get Annie to not miss out on Disney World. Because now she was terrified. Now she was terrified of even the most mundane rides like Peter Pan. And it really, it really pained me to watch her. And so finally, finally I earned her trust back. And we waited in line. And as we got on Peter Pan, this is what I want you to think about. I watched the fear in her face as this bar comes down. And we start moving into this dark place. She is convinced that she's being enclosed in. That she's going into a place of fear. A place she doesn't want to go. And a place that's going to take away her enjoyment. But as she rode with me and by the end of the ride she realized that this really was a place of life and fun and happiness. And I give you that scenario because I want you to ponder the question of if you actually think about the commandments of God in the right way. Because I think many times when we think commandments of God, we look at them as if they are something that's closing in on us, that are going to take us to a place that we don't want to go, that they're dark, that they're scary, that they're going to restrict my life, that they're going to squeeze the fun and freedom out of me. And I want to suggest that what about if you've seen them wrong? whether that's because of teaching or because of your experience or whatever, what about if there's a way that you can actually walk through them with someone, namely Jesus, and see that, see that the law of God, His commandments, are actually a pathway of freedom, of life, and of joy. And so with that, let me, uh, let me pray for us. Father, would you um, help us as we uh, read your word? Or there are uh, people from all over... Uh, the place here tonight. There are people who are tired. There are people who there are people who probably don't want to be here, or there are people who are wondering why they are. And either way, Lord, would you enable us to see even in the Ten Commandments that we have a Hallelujah, what a Savior. Would you do that in Jesus' name? Amen. All right, this is going to be Jesus' uh, interpretation uh, or summary of the Ten Commandments. This is what we're going to use as an introduction from Luke ten. Starting in verse 25. And behold, a lawyer stood up to him, stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? 
He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him, bound up his words, pouring on, bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise. The grass withers, the flowers fade, the word of our God stands forever. Okay, as we examine Jesus' summary of the Ten Commandments of the law of God, we're asking why should we even study them this semester? And I want to see three things. The Ten Commandments reveal a beautiful life. The Ten Commandments reveal our lack of beauty. And the Ten Commandments reveal the beauty of Jesus. So first, the Ten Commandments reveal the beautiful life. Look, the Ten Commandments were given back in Exodus 20. That's where we'll be most of the semester, thousands of years ago to Moses. But Jesus here gives a helpful introduction of how to understand the Ten Commandments in this kind of story. Because a lawyer approaches Jesus and he asks him a question. And Jesus responds by this. Well, what's written in the law? And in our terms tonight, the law, Jesus essentially asks, what are the Ten Commandments about? And the lawyer, this expert in the law, answers Jesus' question correctly by saying, the Ten Commandments can be summed up like this. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, you nailed it. You got it. Now I want you to really ponder this. Jesus just affirmed that at the heart of the commandments, what's behind all of them is love. Now, does that strike you as odd? Is that what you think when you hear the Ten Commandments? Is your first thought, ah, a life of love? It's not mine. Like, when I hear the Ten Commandments, my initial thought is a life of fear, a life of restriction, a life that is cold and harsh and lifeless, not a life of love and freedom. But Jesus just said it is. Jesus just said the Ten Commandments are a description of a life that loves God and loves people. They are a guide of a way of living that is astoundingly beautiful, I would suggest. And if you're not convinced, I would suggest neither was this lawyer. The lawyer wasn't convinced either. He didn't understand what he was saying. So so Jesus paints this picture with this story, with this parable of what a life shaped by the Ten Commandments actually looks like. And it's astoundingly beautiful. He describes this Jewish man who's attacked by robbers, stripped, beaten, left half dead on a road. And when Jesus describes another individual, a Samaritan, he is saying, here's what the Ten Commandments are going to look like fleshed out in somebody's life. Watch this guy. 
And this Samaritan, by the way, is not a natural friend of this Jewish person. They are enemies. And so as this Samaritan comes upon this man, here's what the Ten Commandments look like expressed in someone's life. He looks at him and he has deep compassion. Then he starts moving towards the man, probably endangering his own life, not knowing if the robbers are gone. So he's not looking and saying this man probably gets what he deserves. He moves towards him. And he starts binding up his wounds. He carries him to an end. Then he uses his own money to make sure that the man is completely cared for. He meets the needs of another person without any prejudice and regardless of circumstances. And that Samaritan, Jesus says, that loving an enemy in an astounding way at the cost of, at the cost of yourself, Jesus says, that's it. That's what the Ten Commandments look like. And look, I, I would, whatever your reaction to the Ten Commandments, Jesus just illustrated that it is a picture of astounding love and astounding beauty. I think even the most cynical of us tonight would grant that God's description of the Good Samaritan, it's beautiful. It's lovely. It's the life that you would say, that is beautiful. C.S. Lewis illustrates this, I think, I think wonderfully, uh, in his book, The Great Divorce, where these people travel, it's a fictional story, these people travel from hell to heaven and they start interacting with the realities of God's world. And this man sees this woman of astounding beauty. He says he can hardly describe how she looks. And he's trying to figure out who she is and he says, wow, she must be like some incredibly famous and beautiful person from earth. And, and the guy responds and says, well, actually, you've probably never heard of her. Her name is just Sarah. And nobody really knew her. It's just what she did is, she, is every children, child that came across her path, she treated it like she was her own. He said, and he said, you see, your idea on earth of what fame and beauty is is actually different from our idea of fame and beauty. And that's it. And I, I think you know that's true. I think we all know that's true. Like the most impactful moments that people have had in your life it's when someone loved you. It's when somebody cried with you. It's when somebody forgave you. It's when somebody like shared their life with you at cost to themselves. I'll never forget a moment I had an RUF when, when I was with some students. And these students had a friend who was going through an inc- just an incredibly hard set of circumstances. And these girls had gathered to pray with a group of us. And as they began to pray for their friend, I'll never forget this. By the end of the prayer, when I looked up, these girls had tears in their eyes as they had literally started sharing in the sadness and the suffering of their friend. I will never forget that because it was such a picture of beauty. It really was. And see, whether it's Sarah from the C.S. Lewis story or whether it's this moment with these girls or something that you've seen uh, of someone that's loved, you, you know what you tasted or saw in that moment? What you tasted or saw in that moment were the Ten Commandments in a small way taking expression. And so a lot of things could be said about this, but here's what I want to kind of leave you with on this first point. As we study the Ten Commandments, just consider the beauty of its clarity and its simplicity, right? Right? I mean, surely, like whether you're a freshman or whether this is your fifth year College has made life seem more complicated and more confusing rather than less, right? 
Like you look back at your life as like an elementary school kid and you're like, man, things were simple. I knew what I was supposed to think and I knew what I was supposed to do. But in college, like you've begun exploring this life of freedom. There's seemingly, there's seemingly endlessly things you can do with your time and your life. You've also begun to interact with people who think differently than you and believe differently than you and maybe even challenge what you once assumed to be true. And a, college, and, and a common question that begins to actually develop that I get is this. Like, what am I doing with my life? What is my purpose? What, what does God want me to do? And what the Ten Commandments hold out for you is a very clear and simple answer. A life shaped by the Ten Commandments is always what God wants. Always. Your purpose in life is to love God and to love people. That's the definition of a beautiful life. The Ten Commandments is what God unequivocally always wants for you. And so ponder the simplicity of this. I did not say it was easy. I'm just saying ponder the clarity of this. If you want to know how to love someone, follow the Ten Commandments. By definition, every time you violate the Ten Commandments, you hurt people, and you hurt yourself, and you push away from God, and you hurt relationships. By definition. And so if you want to know how to hurt people, and if you want to know how to hurt yourself, break the Ten Commandments. It really is that clear. Whenever you lie to someone, whenever you flatter someone, whenever you manipulate somebody with your words, by definition, you are hurting that person, you're hurting yourself, and you're destroying the relationship. Whenever you use your girlfriend for physical pleasure, no matter how you feel, always you are hurting her, and you're hurting yourself and the relationship. Because the Ten Commandments are an objective truth outside of your subjective feelings. They're incredibly clear. And whatever a commandment forbids, we'll talk a lot about this, by definition it also commands the opposite. And so whatever the, whatever the uh, commandment commands, that's what it looks like to love someone. And so when you're generous to someone, when you're honest with someone, when you honor authority, that is loving and caring for that person. I just find that fascinating. To the degree that you obey the Ten Commandments is, is the degree that you love people and you love God. And you did not hear me say that was easy. I just said it was clear. And I hope if you're here checking out what REF is about, I want you to hear this. What we hope to be about is this. Loving this campus, serving this campus, and loving people. Because that's what God wants. So first, the Ten Commandments really do reveal this beautiful life. But secondly, they reveal our lack of beauty. I'd be doing you a great disservice, even if in the introduction I acted like studying the Ten Commandments and following them is going to be this easy task. That's just a matter of like getting the right mindset, having enough discipline, and trying hard enough. Actually, far from it. That's kind of the mistake that the lawyer makes. Because back in verse 25, the lawyer asked Jesus... What must I do to inherit eternal life? And that's the key. The lawyer just showed his hand. He thinks eternal life. He thinks salvation. He thinks being right with God, the true beautiful life. He thinks it's something that he can actually achieve. He he thinks it's something he can do. He really thinks he's a good and beautiful person. 
And when he asks Jesus that, Jesus responds with this story. Because what he's doing is he's saying, Ah, you don't have a clue. You don't know what true righteousness and true beauty looks like. And so Jesus says, let me explain to you the beauty and the depths of the Ten Commandments. And he gives him the Good Samaritan story. And what Jesus is saying is this. Can you really obey the Ten Commandments? That's what it looks like. Loving your enemy to the point of costing your own life. Do you really obey the Ten Commandments? Do you really think you're able to keep them? And he is lovingly exposing the lawyer for just how messed up he really is. There's a powerful scene uh, in The Hunchback of Notre Dame where uh, the hunchback Quasimodo, right, he's, he's misshapen, he's deformed, he's an outcast, but he's incredibly gentle. And this one scene when he finally comes in and he carries the beautiful maiden, right, the beautiful girl that he loves, he carries her up to the tower with him. And they're sitting in the tower and they're talking to each other. And so there you have, right, Quasimodo talking to this astoundingly beautiful woman. And as they're talking, the hunchback, he just begins to weep. And so she looks at him and says, why are you crying? And he replies, he says, I never knew how ugly I was until I saw how beautiful you are. You see what happened? When Quasimodo came face to face with real beauty, it exposed all his flaws. It exposed how ugly he was. And the Ten Commandments, if you're seeing them rightly, they have to do the same thing for us. They will hold up this objective, pure picture and standard of the beautiful life of pure righteousness. And when we put ourselves next to that standard, man, we will just see how ugly we are. We will see how messed up we really are. And how ugly and selfish and hurtful our lives are. And that at least means this for our study together going forward. You are by definition the most messed up. You are the individual that I'm most worried for. If you walk through the Ten Commandments with us and you think, all right, I'm doing pretty well. I think I'm actually doing well. I wish so-and-so were here to hear this. You by definition are the one who I'm most worried about. Because the, the, the Ten Commandments are a mirror to our soul and expose just how far we fall short. And if you spend any time looking at the beautiful life of the Ten Commandments and you think you're personally keeping them, you are lost. You've missed it. So why come and walk through the Ten Commandments with us? Here we go. So you can see just how messed up you are. Isn't that great? So you can actually get to know yourself and see how broken and sinful we all really are. The Ten Commandments, when seen correctly, put you in a posture of humility and destroy any shred of self-righteousness, any shred of thinking that you're better than other people. And again, like if you're here trying to figure out what RUF is about tonight... I want you to see that this is good news. Here's what we hope RUF is is about. It's a welcoming place for people who are really, really messed up and really walk in thinking there is no way that the God of this universe, even if he exists, could possibly love me. Yes, 
you might actually be in a good place if you're there. That's what the Ten Commandments start to do. And then lastly, they not only reveal a beautiful life and they also reveal our lack of beauty. Lastly, they reveal the beauty of Jesus. How do the Ten Commandments reveal the beauty of Jesus? Well, the Ten Commandments, they aren't just random rules that God picked out to kind of throw down and test us. The Ten Commandments are the Ten Commandments because they're an, ex- they're an expression of God's character. The Ten Commandments are a revelation of who God is. That's why the Ten Commandments are the beautiful life. Because they are a reflection of who God is. Who is the one who is altogether beautiful. Who is the definition of beauty itself. God never lies. God always tells the truth. God never steals but is unending in generosity. He's the giver of life and He's the one who upholds the dignity of people at all times. And here's what I want to suggest is where the Ten Commandments will... They will actually capture your heart. They can really do it if you'll see this. And I'm stealing from my friend Les Newsom here. But you'll either know this scenario personally or you've observed it happen. A boy will tell you that he loves you. Probably in these days he'll actually text you. And he'll text you this kind of long, right, kind of page of how much he loves you and how much he cares for you and, and how he's so excited. And that's really nice. But if the next week he's a complete jerk and he ignores you and he says he just doesn't have time for you and he's too busy and he's always with other girls, you realize that actually hurts. And you realize that his proclamations of love were incredibly empty. And when there was no action behind that, when there was nothing behind it, it was just fleeting. Well, see, if you'll see it, the Ten Commandments actually show you that Jesus' proclamations of how much He loves you are anything but empty. Because the real substance and the real action behind Jesus' love for you, they're the Ten Commandments. He really loves you. How do you know? Because in this parable that Jesus tells, we're the dead man. Right? If the, if the Ten Commandments reveal that I'm hopeless and I'm more messed up than I think, then who I am is I'm dead on the side of the road. I'm dead in my sins. I've, rendered, I've lived a life of pain and sin and hurting people and running from God. I am God's enemy. Yet, yet Jesus says, I love you. And we say, prove it. And he says, Okay. And he has so much compassion for us that he leaves the glories of heaven and he comes to this earth and he takes on flesh. And then he doesn't just like the Samaritan endanger his life and kind of give some money and some time. No, every moment of his life, he spends fulfilling the Ten Commandments. Every moment of his life, he is pouring his life out for you and for me. Every moment of his life, he upholds truth because that's what it means to love you. Every moment of his life, he honors the authority of his heavenly Father, which means being a living sacrifice for you. Until finally, he's hoisted on a cross, and the beautiful life of Jesus is most clearly seen. And it's way beyond the picture of the Good Samaritan. It's there. Jesus is dying for and taking the place of us 
not nice and neat and kind of good people, but people who don't like you, who are really messed up, who can't obey the Ten Commandments. He says, that's who I'm dying for. And see, in the Ten Commandments, you and I really will see, you'll see see how big of a sinner you really are. But in the Ten Commandments, you're going to see the amazing grace of Jesus at the same time. Because you'll get a clear picture of, of in a tangible way, just how much Jesus loves you in the face of how much we don't deserve it. The Ten Commandments really do hold out the beauty of Jesus Christ. They hold out, believe it or not, the Ten Commandments hold out tremendous hope. Tremendous hope for, for really, really messed up sinners. If you'll let the Ten Commandments knock you so low that you finally quit hoping in your efforts at being good enough. If you finally realize, I have no, all I have is empty hands, I have no hope of earning the love of Jesus, man, at that moment, you'll see Jesus. And you'll see His beauty. And you'll see you're the person that Jesus loves. And He will cover you in His perfect obedience. And He'll cover you in His righteousness, in His beauty. And it's there, at the foot of the cross, if you'll walk with Jesus through the law, you'll discover true beauty and a love that will do anything but bore you. So wouldn't it be worth it? Wouldn't it be worth it if you came back on Thursday nights to discover that truth? A love that is that astounding. That's an invitation. Let's pray. Father, would you... Yeah, would you open uh, our eyes to uh, once again uh, see the beauty of Jesus who... who didn't just say he loved us, but put that love in action by, by obeying the Ten Commandments, both in our place and for us. Um, Would you help us to receive that with empty hands tonight in Jesus' name? Amen.